Welcome to the Abundant Soul Aligned Business Podcast, a show all about helping entrepreneurs to navigate building a profitable business as a spiritual woman without sacrificing time, money, or freedom. I'm your host, Sarah Bird, and I've built my own brand from the ground up. If you're ready to create your abundant spiritual business, but have no clue where to start, you're in the right place. I'm here to give you all the guidance and insights into what it takes to launch, scale, and succeed in business from the inside out. We cover the deep inner work of owning a business and the logistics and strategies of setting yourself up for mega success. So let's dive right in. Today we're talking all about how to be authentic in your life and in your branding voice in your business. So Halloween is coming up in a few weeks. It is October and this got me thinking about masks, like the costumes that we wear, the masks that we wear in society, the things that cover our true selves and how we can drop the mask of others' expectations of us and how to be authentic to our true selves. So today I'm talking all about authenticity and I've got some really exciting things I'm going to talk about. This is a very, um, this is a topic I'm super jazzed about. So that's, that'll be today. And then next week I have my very first special guest on and she's this amazing woman I've known for about a year now. Um, and she's talking all about face reading, which is super cool. It's the sacred ancient Chinese tradition that's all about how our faces can influence our personalities and our lives. So tune in. It's going to be a great show next week. Then the final week of October, it's actually the week of Halloween. Um, I try to release my shows on Tuesdays. Today is Thursday, but normally I try to do Tuesdays and Halloween is actually on a Tuesday. And so That week, I'm going to be talking about shadow work, especially as women. So we're going to get witchy and go into the deep part of our shadows. So it's going to be a good time. Kind of got a theme going for this month. And so today I'm going to talk about everything authenticity. So I always like to start with topics of like, what does it look like when you're not doing the thing? What does it look like when you are doing the thing? Today it's authenticity. And how can you do that? How can you make that shift? So let's spend a few minutes talking about what it looks like when you are not authentic. Now, this really, when you get down to the depths of it, it's all about abandoning yourself. So I've got a few examples of what how I've seen this show up in kind of the coaching world and the world of, you know, women and um, personal development. So the first example of how I see this manifest is people copying others. So I remember this happened with my very first coach that I worked with. Well, one of my first coaches. I don't think she was the first one. This was back in, I don't know, 2016 and there was a her whole brand and vibe was um hot pink and black now those are classic colors pink and black has been around forever but it was like a specific mid 2000 teens like uh version of this hot pink and black and regardless of what the colors were everyone who came out of her program like had a phase where they went through just like replicating her and I always just called them, I won't say her name just because I still really respect her. She's great. But um, so I don't want to like dick dish on her um, previous clients because I am one. But anyway, 
I remember like everybody trying to be her 2.0. And really what this is about is people seeing someone who's successful and think if I can just replicate that, then I can replicate the success. So that's one version is people copying others, um, but not being true to themselves. Another version that I've seen a lot of, and I'm going to talk pretty extensively about this later in the show, but it's being scared of being like too perky and too positive, like being afraid that people might roll their eyes. And so you kind of have to like, like not dumb down, but like pessimist down your energy and your attitude. So one example of this is Cassie Ho, who is the founder and leader of Blogilates or Pop Pilates. She's pretty famous. So you probably know her. And she's really great. I actually met her in person way back when, about 10 years ago. And I remember when I first got introduced to her work, I, I did, I totally did that. She's very perky, very positive, very upbeat. And I remember kind of rolling my eyes and being like, oh, okay, this is kind of a show. But then what I realized is like, no, she genuinely is really jazzed. She is genuinely perky and positive and like has gone through a long journey of like learning to be really authentic about herself. But it's a good example of being too, like being afraid of being too perky or too positive. Another example, so copying others, scared of being too perky. Another one, especially as women, we're like made fun of. I'm a blonde woman who grew up in the 90s. So you can imagine like how I lived out the stereotype of like dumb blonde, like, oh, you're perky and positive. Just because you don't like, like if you, I remember I come from a family of musicians. This is like super random example and then I'll move on. But I come from a family of like serious musicians, professional musicians. I'm classically trained as both a cellist and a percussionist. So I went to a music conservatory, like whatever. And I, every time a musician in my family talks about like pop music, I remember my uncle, who's a professional percussionist, he was like dissing Hanson when they had that Mbop song that came out in the 90s that we all loved, okay? And he was like, oh, they suck. They don't know real music. Sure, it's a pop song, like whatever. They were 10 years old. Of course, it's like not the pinnacle of classical music. But it's just this idea of like, you have to say like, oh, you don't know real good music or we're counterculture. We don't like pop mainstream stuff. Like there is this attitude out there of being too positive, too perky, too mainstream means that you're somehow not as smart as people who are into counterculture and negative and pessimist. Okay, harped on that one enough. Another example that I see is people who have like a kind of an unhealthy relationship with spirituality. And this comes in the form of two different manifestations. And I see this as like a common issue for a lot of women, especially in the coaching industry. So the first manifestation of this, of being scared of like spirituality, is that they hide their true spiritual depth. Now, I definitely fall into this category. I'm a you know long-term Buddhist practitioner, really into like manifestation and spirituality and crystals and working with the angels. And I have about 20 tarot card decks. Like I have, I don't know, probably five or six crystal pendulums. And I was like introduced to this stuff as a kid, lived down the road from a Hindu ashram and like got into like divination and spiritual past life regressions and like whatever, all that stuff I've been introduced to as a kid. But what people get afraid of is like that they're not gonna be taken seriously in the world. And so they end up hiding their true spiritual depth. And to be fair, we do have a long history as women of being persecuted for our innate wisdom and our 
embracing our spirituality not just persecution but like being killed for it being exiled for it being ridiculed for it being feared for it and so i understand where this comes from but there that still manifests today of like oh people won't take me seriously so i have to be a business coach but i can't talk about the woo woo stuff and i have to hide that or you know i started a business and i do talk about spirituality and my husband rolls his eyes and makes fun of me like we do feel like we have to hide that in order to be successful in society. So that's one manifestation of this. The other manifestation of this in the inauthenticity is pretending to be more woo-woo than you actually are. So there's this term that I have coined a long time ago, and I love it. I use it all the time because I see it all the time. And that is this idea of spiritual performance. People who are like, look, I want to be seen as counterculture. I want people to see how spiritual and deep I am. And so I wear the Punjabi pants and put the, the bells around my ankles. So when I walk, it chimes and they wear sandals made out of rope and have blonde dreadlocks and like are all into the counterculture. Like, oh, everything mainstream is, you know, just superficial. And the, the, none of that is inherently wrong, but if you're only doing that and you're not like hitting the cushion or actually sitting down and do it or like saying a mantra and you're not actually engaging in spiritual exploration, then it's just a performance. You're just wanting to be seen and perceived as being woo-woo and alternative and whatever. So this is kind of two sides of that inauthenticity, specifically around spirituality that I see most commonly in women, either hiding their true spiritual depth or pretending to be overly spiritual and then it's just a performance. So those are the three main ways that I see inauthenticity in this particular like subculture that I'm in, in the coaching industry, spiritual development um, world and personal development world is copying others, thinking that you'll get the same success that they do, being scared of being too perky or positive, like your natural personality, and then having like an inauthentic relationship with spirituality. Either you dampen it down to fit to society, or you're like, do a performance about it, and you're not actually engaged in spirituality. Now, when you're inauthentic, there's a million other forms of this too. Those are just the three that I thought of that I like see the most common. But regardless of how it shows up, when you're inauthentic, it really impacts your life negatively. It also impacts your business negatively. So I'm going to go over how it happens in both. So in your life, what happens is that it ends up watering down your personality. Whether you're trying to be somebody else or you're trying to be somebody you're not, you end up dampening, like it just dilutes who you truly are. And as a result, it ends up hiding your unique divine gifts, the things that you and only you can bring to this world, only you can bring to this life. It ends up dampening those and hiding them away. Now, it keeps you hidden when you're inauthentic, when you're playing a part or a role that you think society wants from you it keeps you hidden and the result of that is that you feel safe from ridicule you feel safe that like oh if they don't see the real me then even if they do judge me they're just judging this facade of me i my true authentic self is safe from judgment is safe from ridicule is safe from like feeling disconnected from others in a genuine way but what it also does is keep you hidden so that you can't genuinely connect with others from your true self. So, you know, every uh, refuge has its price. 
as the Eagles say, went to the Eagles concert last week. So <laughs> here in Denver, so going to be quoting them a lot. Um, so it impacts your life negatively because you don't get to shine and show your unique, unique, innate divine gifts to the world. But it also impacts your business negatively. And so what happens is that people, so there's kind of two, two versions of this. One, people won't want to work with you because we can pick up on inauthenticity really quickly as humans. It's got this whole scientific psychological background to it which I won't get into. It's really fascinating though. It's the same reason people are afraid of clowns, oddly enough. Um, but there, we just have this really good innate skill at identifying when something is inauthentic and it's meant to protect us from like, you know, interacting with predators who like wolf in sheep's clothing kind of deal. So if people can see that you're inauthentic, they're not going to want to work with you because they'll know that there's like, that smile is fake. That smile is hiding something behind it. And so you're not going to be successful. You'll never get traction. People won't follow you. You won't be magnetic and you won't have a successful business. The flip side of that, this is how it also impacts your business negatively, is that you are successful, but it's not fulfilling. So you have a successful business, but you're having to play the role of someone who isn't truly you in order to like perform to keep your business going, which is really exhausting. So the example I like to think of, who else is a Legally Blonde fan? Um, back in Legally Blonde, the original film, uh, there was this gal on trial who, for, who was being, you know, she was on trial for murder and she was willing to be convicted of murder even though she didn't do it and she had a legitimate alibi. However, her she was a fitness personality, a famous fitness instructor, according to the film. And the secret was that she didn't actually get her big round butt from doing her fitness things. She would go get butt injections and she was going to get a butt injection. And that was her real alibi for not being the murderer of the you know, of the victim. But she wasn't willing to tell anyone. And so she was she did end up telling Elle Woods Obviously, we've all seen it. Praise be to Elle Woods. Um, but she was willing to be convicted of murder and sent to prison rather than reveal the truth about her business personality. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, either your business won't be successful because people can see that you're inauthentic, or maybe you're good enough at hiding your true self and putting on the facade of being inauthentic. And you do get a lot of business and you are successful money wise. You're not going to have the fulfilling, genuine success that you're looking for in your business. So it really is detrimental kind of either way. Okay, so that's step one. First, we looked at what it looks like when you're not authentic. Now I want to talk about the actual difference between authenticity and inauthenticity. Like what, let's like pick apart what this is actually about. So I like to use the example of toxic positivity. This has been a topic that's been around, I would say about five, six years now, and it's a really good conversation. But I want to like break down the difference between being genuinely positive, having a positive orientation in your life versus toxic positivity. Authentic and inauthentic can manifest in a lot of different forms. I just like this example because it's great to dive into. So this is why I'm using the positive versus toxic positive, but apply the same logic to anything else. 
So having a positive orientation in your life, there's nothing like inherently wrong with this. It actually opens you up to a lot of new possibilities. It's helpful for manifesting with ease. It will allow you to experience life in a more pleasurable way. And it helps you actualize your potential. You can actually reach your destiny. You can live out your divine purpose in a way that you can't if you're always negative or pessimistic. So I was scared to show up authentically joyful. And I know I mentioned this earlier of like being perky and how people will like say that you're not smart or whatever. And the reason I was so scared to show up authentically joyful and positive is because it wasn't really allowed or encouraged in my family. So in my family of origin, the the environment in which I grew up, I was taught to the only way to relate to things, to relate to my world, um, anything I was experiencing was through complaining. We only complained about things. That was the only way I was taught to speak about stuff, to talk about people, to interact with people. And that was just all I knew. It was like a fish in water. Like it was just the only thing I knew. And when I became a teenager, I remember getting a lot of negative social feedback from it. Like I would be talking about something, even if we were all enjoying it, but the only language I had to use for it was like, oh, this sucks. Or, oh, here's why I don't like it. Even though I didn't actually feel those things about it. And then people would be like, God, Sarah, stop complaining. All you do is complain. And I got all of this negative social feedback, which I'm genuinely so grateful for because it really woke me up. And I had to relearn how to engage with my experiences, with the world, with others as a teenager. And I'm glad that came so early in life and not so late in life. But in what I learned was in order to have friends, <laughs> I can't be so negative all the time. Um, so one example I have of this, which is just a quick little anecdotal story about my family is about 10 years ago, it was like 2013, I briefly moved to Hawaii. I didn't last very long, but I moved to Hawaii, which was really fun to go. And I was sharing this news, like the story with a family member. And normally when somebody hears that a family member is going to move to Hawaii, the normal response would be, wow, how cool, very exciting. I'm so happy for you. Tell me everything, right? A positive response. When I told this one particular family member, the first thing out of her mouth was, well, what are you going to do about insurance? And I remember being like, what? Like, it was such an abrupt, like, what are you talking about? What? I just told you I'm going to Hawaii. Why are you asking me about health insurance? And what I realized later is that in my family, I was like reflecting back on that response. And in my family, we immediately start with everything that can go wrong. What is like the quickest way to shut down a new idea? And so in her mind, she heard me say, yeah, I'm going to Hawaii. Now I have very fair skin and I sunburn really easily. I'm at high risk for skin cancer. And so in her mind, she heard Hawaii, tropical island. Obviously, I'll be out in the sun all day. I'm going to get sunburnt repeatedly. I'm going to develop skin cancer. Then I'm going to have to get treated for skin cancer, which in America is super expensive because we don't have universal health care, which I think is unethical and wrong, but we don't have universal health care. She's going to have to pay for all this cancer treatment out of pocket and she doesn't have insurance. So what are you going to do about insurance? That all happened in her mind in a split second, literally between me saying I'm going to Hawaii and her initial response that came out of her mouth. What are you going to do about insurance? 
So this is a good example. I didn't have insurance on the mainland, just to be clear. So it really didn't matter <laughs> just to wrap up that story. And newsflash, I didn't get skin cancer. Um, but this was such a good example for me of realizing how insidious this like immediately starting with no. So in my family, I was taught you have an idea, shut it down right away. Think of the worst case scenario. And then what are you going to do about that? If you can't figure out a real solution, you know, then shut it down. You're not going, you're not going. It's a bad idea. Don't go for your dreams. Don't pursue your passions. Don't be authentic to who you are. Don't take risks all of the things that are involved in living fully. So at that, it was not at that exact moment, I was really taken aback when she responded to that. And again, this was over a decade ago. But after that, once I processed it, I made a real conscious choice to start with yes, instead of starting with no. And I have used this phrase for years, you've probably heard me say it, it's one of my little mantras or slogans that says, start with yes and expect the best. So that really comes from making a conscious choice to choose differently than only interacting with my world through complaining or the worst case scenario. I had a very tangible, visceral experience of this growing up in my teens and early 20s and really had to navigate for myself what is true to me. Do I want to live a life where I start every idea with no, it's not possible? Or do I want to live my life where I start every idea with, yes, it is possible and I expect the best possible outcome? So I made that choice of being having a positive orientation in life. Maybe you'll choose differently. I don't know. It's up to you. But that was me choosing a positive orientation in life. This is different than toxic positivity. There were times when I've questioned whether I was being toxic while trying to live a positive life. It's good. You've got to be nuanced. You know, it's nuanced. You've got to learn to navigate it. And were there times that I was toxic in my positivity? Sure. I fell into the good vibes only trap. I was alive in 2015, you know, but were the good vibes the problem? No, the only is the problem. When you say good vibes only, it's not the good vibes that are the problem. It's the only that's the problem. When you say only positive feelings are allowed, what you're doing is shaming anything that's less than happy and less than perfect. But the depth and the breadth of the human experience is so much greater than just happiness and perfection. Obviously, that's not what life is like. So we all experience joy and grief. We all experience pleasure and suffering, hope and fear. If we didn't, we would be missing out on the beauty of what it means to be fully alive. So it's not bad or toxic to want a more positive, uplifting and free life. Those are great things. Those are wonderful things. I have absolutely made that active choice in my life. But this is where something I call empowered optimism comes in. So when you practice this, the empowered optimism, you're actually acknowledging the pain, the fear, any of the negative emotions and embracing the validity of that experience. You're not making yourself wrong for experiencing discomfort. And in fact, this is what leads to incredible growth. 
So with empowered optimism, you can move through pain that still exists, but you also can hold the vision of hope. It's kind of like the ability to see the light at the end of the tunnel, even when you're in the depths of darkness. It's about being so connected with resilience and the ability to overcome. It's kind of like the story of the phoenix rising from the ashes, the transformation, the hero's journey, the story of Jesus resurrecting, the hope for a new dawn, all of these stories and mythology of overcoming challenges, even when you're going through the depths of hell. What's the famous quote? When you find yourself going through hell, keep going. So shifting your focus and your attention towards the good towards feeling gratitude finding the best in every situation actually prepares you it's like a muscle you're strengthening this muscle to have more resilience when challenges do arise when they do come up you've already got the strength to have that resilience to keep moving through it it doesn't demolish you so if you find yourself worried about being toxic in your positivity, all you have to do is just ask yourself this one question. Am I using this positivity to avoid or dismiss an experience of discomfort? That's the question. Am I using this positivity to avoid or dismiss an experience of discomfort? Something I'm uncomfortable with, I'm not ready to face, I don't want to address it, so I'm going to mask it and avoid it or run away from it by being positive. If you ask yourself this question and the honest answer is no, then you're good to go. You're being, you have empowered optimism. It's just positivity. <laughs> you're not toxic. If you're honest with yourself and the answer is yes, that in and of itself is a good sign to dive into the thing that you're avoiding so that you can move through it and move past it, heal it and overcome it. It's that simple. You don't have to second guess your positivity, your optimism, your hope. If you're willing to welcome the parts of you that are having a difficult time. Toxic positive positivity says only good feelings and emotions are allowed. But this is a form of gaslighting yourself. It shames you for facing challenges for not being perfect tells you that you have to hide any bad parts of yourself away. They're not welcome here. I always think of like children getting sent to their bedroom when they're having um, a hard time with an emotion. When children are little, we have a very limited tool belt. Our skill set is very limited. And so oftentimes, especially as children, we face really intense emotions and don't have the experience to deal with them or process them or cope with them. And so it comes out as like a tantrum or crying or having a meltdown. And instead of being told as children, it's really common to be sent away to your bedroom. Instead of being like helped through processing that emotion, we're just sent away to go hide. And that's what we do to ourselves. That's what this toxic positivity is. It's like you have to hide anything that's not perfect and being a good little girl. It has to be put away. It's bad. Go to your room until you can stop acting that way, right? What a huge shame fest. You're shaming yourself. So this is how we create the shadow, which again, I'm going to talk about in two weeks. So listen up on Halloween. That episode's coming out. But this is how we create our shadow. It's the part of yourself that you reject and you hide away in the shadows. So it doesn't mean that you have to live like a cynical life, a pessimistic life where you can never be positive and you have to only focus on the challenges. 
it's that you get to live a positive life without shaming yourself. Life does get to be enjoyable. It gets to be uplifting and hopeful and fun and opportunistic. It's really taking this kind of empowered optimism is taking a healthier approach to your real experience in life, the challenges and the wins. And it says to yourself, the message you're giving yourself is even if today is rough, even if I'm going through a hard challenge, I know that I'm capable of getting through it and there's gonna be rainbows on the other side of this rain. I personally love rain, so I don't love that metaphor, (laughs) Um, but there's gonna be a better day. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. And once I move through this, then I'll I'll get to have positive experiences again. So living a life of that empowered optimism allows you to genuinely like fully experience the benefits of positivity. Instead of being shrouded in shame, and using positivity as a mask it's actually enfolded in this deep sense of self-acceptance you love yourself all of yourself and then you can lean into the hopeful hopeful joy of that empowered optimism so when you allow what's real in your experience that's what it means to be authentic so let's take a few minutes and look at what it's like to be authentic that's the difference between We talked about what it looks like when you're not authentic. We talked about the difference between optimism, authentic optimism or or empowered optimism and toxic positivity as just one example of like genuine authentic thing versus inauthentic thing. So let's take a look at how your life changes, what it looks like when you are authentic. So this is where I get to have a little fun because I love talking about this because I have experienced all of these things in my own life. It's a beautiful transformation. So buckle in, it's gonna be fun for the next few minutes. (laughs) Hopefully it's been fun so far, but it's gonna get really good. So when you are living in alignment with your authenticity, there is less internal struggle. You don't have so much struggle going on, which is honestly just really exhausting relationships become really easy in your life relationships with yourself relationships with others relationships in romantic your family your work all of it everything becomes so much easier and in the flow and when you're trying to constantly conform to what you think other people want from you is honestly just really exhausting it takes up so much energy in your life So when you shift to being authentic, there's a few things that might happen. The first one is you might lose some friendships or relationships. And this is because those friendships or relationships were predicated on you conforming to their expectations of you. They were only willing to be in relationship with you if you were this version of yourself, if you fit these expectations that they had for you. The other way you might lose some relationships in your life is that Honestly, you didn't genuinely like them to begin with, but you push that away. And now that you're more authentic, that part of you is saying, you know what, I'm no longer willing to pretend that our values are aligned. So I'm just going to release this friendship. Now, I remember having this same transformation and I did release some friendships. Actually, I've released a lot of friendships in my life. And what's so scary about it, the reason that we're willing to expend so much energy to hold on to these relationships is because we're afraid that if we lose 
a relationship, it's going to feel like death. They're going to judge me. I'm going to die. They're going to see through my facade. They're going to see the real me and reject me. But the truth is when those relationships died, it's not me that died. It's the facade of me that died. It was the fake version of me that died. And the real me got to live. I think of like, um, remember Beauty and the Beast, like Disney's Beauty and the Beast from like 93 or whenever. And the Beast, what was his real name as a prince? I don't know. I feel bad for calling him the Beast. But he transformed after, I don't know, True Love's Kiss or whatever happened at the end of the film. And it's like the Beast version of him died, but the prince version of him got to live on. Kind of a hokey Disney example, but that's what happened when... I let go of those friendships. The other thing is that even though some friendships or relationships might go away, new friendships and relationships will begin to form or relationships that you've had will come to the forefront of your life because these, you feel like these are the people who really get me. We share the same values. I'm prioritizing these values. And so these people come into my life into the foreground. So for example, um a really good example is the guest i'm going to have on next week we do all the spiritual stuff we follow the same spiritual teachers and these are the people i want to spend more time with in my life i'm also collaborating with another friend of mine um who's going to be my guest in november so look out for that show i'm really excited and she and i have been friends for years i want to say we met in like 2018 i think we've been friends for a really long time but just this past month we started like really collaborating and working a lot more with each other so the people who you do genuinely enjoy spending time with you align with their values they get you those people will take a much bigger presence in your life so when this happens when you release these relationships that are draining you you find that you have so much freed up energy that you can direct towards the things you care about, the things you value, the things you're interested in, because all your energy isn't preoccupied with staying hidden or being a chameleon or struggling with this internal battle because you're trying to be someone who is not authentic to you. Um, So you free up energy, relationships will come and go. Another thing that happens is you get a lot more comfortable with people not liking you. So (laughs) good example of this. And I love this. It's so freeing. Oh my God. When I stopped like being worried about people not liking me and tried to avoid that at all costs, like so much of my energy got freed up. So yesterday I led a positive oriented process in a small group and and it it was I'm in grad school for clinical counseling and so it's like a class assignment, but I ended up leading this process that i've been doing for a long time. i'm going to talk about it a little bit here later, but the whole idea is that you get together and you throw around positive ideas and think basically like what if it all goes right, what if this possibility happened, what if that possibility happened doesn't matter if it's practical or not that's not the point of the exercise the point of the exercise is just to throw out possibilities to get you in a possibility mindset so i led that yesterday and i was in a group where not everybody was on board it was for a class assignment so like they didn't necessarily volunteer to join this group after knowing what it is they just kind of had to be there and participate and i knew that i'm laughing because it was like a real mixed reaction i knew that some people in my class are going to be like uh this is dumb 
give me the eye roll at my positivity. And I also knew that other people were going to be super into it and really jazzed. And that's exactly what happened. But here's the key of what I'm talking about, where you are a lot more comfortable with people not, people not liking you. As a part of this exercise for the class, I led it. And then at the end of the group, everybody goes around and gives feedback to the leader of the, you know, the person who facilitated it. So me. And there was a couple people in the group who were like, yeah, this is not for me. This is like, they didn't use these exact words, but the message was like, this is dumb. This is Pollyanna. You know, this is super positive. It's that thing I described before of like anything, like if you're not negative and pessimistic, you're not smart enough, or you're not thinking hard enough, or you're not realistic hard enough. But when I got this feedback, this really amazing thing happened. Like years ago, this kind of feedback would have crushed me. I would have been so deeply insecure and I would have had a smile on my face and been like, thank you for the feedback. But it would have completely demolished my sense of self. I would have been, I would have felt like I was found out, like they figured out I was a fraud and everything was fake and I was trying to be positive when I really wasn't. I should just get my head out of the clouds. But yesterday I got that feedback and I genuinely didn't feel bad about myself. Instead, I understood that me and this person who's giving this feedback and a couple other people, I still deeply care and have respect for this person. But it was clear to me that we just don't have the same values. I didn't feel threatened, like my survival was threatened. My identity was going to be shattered because this guy is like, I'm realistic. I'm in the real world. I'm a practical guy. Okay, you go be practical over there and I'm going to go live my life enjoyably over here. Like it does. I'm not toxic positive. I'm not giving toxic positivity just because this guy's a Debbie Downer. So that's going to happen a lot more. You're just going to go, oh, you don't like me. Okay cool. Like you don't have to like me. I don't necessarily like you like totally fine. You're not immediately going belly up and saying, I'll do anything. I'll change myself just so you like me. The fear of abandonment gets less and less and less because you aren't abandoning yourself. That's the key here is you stop abandoning yourself to conform to what others, what you think others want from you. And you start prioritizing yourself your needs, your desires, your preferences, and you start healing that relationship with yourself. And when you do that, it's not as scary if people don't like you because you like you, you're with you, you're not abandoning yourself. So it's okay that they don't. So that's one of the really beautiful things of what happens when you're authentic. So you stop abandoning yourself, you get comfortable with people not liking you, friendships will come and go but the right friendships will come the wrong friendships will go so much of your energy gets freed up because you're dropping that mask of people pleasing and being authentic to yourself all of this allows you to become more fully you when you drop those old ways of being you get to transform into the woman that you want to become You get to fulfill your divine purpose. You get to follow that direction that your heart and your soul is calling you in. And when you do that, here's how it impacts your business. You end up becoming really magnetic. People are so attracted to the real you because it's the real you. And then your business can thrive, but instead of it thriving from, you know, this facade of a person, it's thriving from that genuine sense of success. So really beautiful things happen when you're authentic, when you're genuinely authentic with yourself. 
So I just want to finish the show, spend the next few minutes talking about how to live a positive life without that toxic positivity, how to live an authentic life without it being a mask of trying to be authentic, but really underneath it all, you're conforming to others. So this is where, like I did, I chose to interact with my reality. I chose to relate with my experience through empowered optimism. You also can choose positivity. You can choose authenticity. You can choose to have a better overall experience. So here's this process of how all of this works. This is the process of conscious creation choosing your reality. Now, the credit for this process goes to um, one of my personal mentors, Mindy Odlin, excuse me, Mindy Hart Odlin. She just recently updated her last name, Mindy Hart Odlin. And she has a whole program called What If Up. That was the process I led yesterday. <laughs> what If Upping. Um, and anyway, this is her process of the the creation process she's also in the lineage of um abraham hicks big fan of abraham hicks over there over here so if you're also a fan this is kind of where this comes from so how reality is created all of reality everything we experience in the world started initially as a thought a castle in the sky and then it came to fruition then people created it so first we start with a thought those thoughts that we have that we hold in our mind and repeatedly say over and over again generate specific feelings when we have a feeling we're either inspired to take action or we're inspired to not take action so the feeling if it's a positive one might be like yes there's opportunity here start with yes expect the best i'm gonna go for it i'm moving to hawaii i'm taking this risk it's gonna be great that is a feeling that inspires you the action that's that inspiration feelings also can inspire you to non-action and this is when it's like shut it down what are you going to do about health insurance how are you going to do that what's the worst case scenario let's bring it down um that's not possible you're going to run into all these challenges it won't work out the way you thought it would so the thoughts that you hold in your mind will give you a feeling they'll generate feelings that will either you either inspire you to action or inspire you to shutting it down and then you don't live out your you don't fulfill your potential okay but we're going to go with the inspired action so thoughts feelings lead to actions once you start taking action that's how you create your reality all reality is based on actions that people have taken look at anything in the room where you're sitting or standing and every single thing was created that reality was created by someone having a thought getting an inspired feeling taking action and then the creation happened so if, if you want to change your reality including creating an authentic a reality of feeling really authentic you've got to start all the way at the beginning of that process of creation with your thoughts this is why we talk so much about in manifestation about changing your thoughts thoughts held in mind produce after their kind and this is where that positivity mindset that empowered positive orientation can come in helps you with your thoughts and that's going to have a trickle down effect into your feelings your actions and your reality so here are some tips on how to lead uh your thoughts how to orient your thoughts towards positivity and towards authenticity the first one is this thing that i heard on instagram like i don't know six months ago some it was a song a trending audio that was going around and uh, I don't remember the person's name, but you can look it up. And basically the song says, have you ever heard of pro-noia? 
it's the opposite of paranoia. So paranoia is this belief that everything's out to get you, right? You're always looking over your shoulder. Pronoia is the belief that the universe is working for your good. So you can live life through a paranoid, um, you know, belief system, but you're not going to have a good time. It's not going to be enjoyable. It won't help you reach your goals. So you can also live with, have the discipline of practicing pronoia, just believing that like, you know what, even if this looks really shitty right now, even if this is a huge challenge, even if I'm devastated from whatever, something in this is going to teach me something and ultimately is working for my good. It's kind of the, when one door closes, another one opens, pronoia. Another one is start with yes and expect the best. I know I've said this a few times in this podcast, and it's one of my little slogans for my personal life and also in my brand, but start with yes and expect the best. Now, I'm not saying take every risk, even if it seems unreasonable. I'm not saying go out there and do things that are obviously going to fail. You want to be smart. You want to be strategic. You want to be empowered. You want to have a deep sense in your soul that this is the right move. But when you get a new idea, don't immediately shut it down with no. Don't immediately shut it down with what's the worst that can happen. Instead, flip it around and ask what's the best that can happen. What's the best possible outcome? What if it all goes right instead of what if it all goes wrong? What if it happens better than I imagine? So this is the process of what if upping that I was talking about. My mentor, one of my mentors, Mindy Hart-Onlin created this process. And basically we use our imagination, we use our thought process in life as, as humans, we have this capacity for imagination. And oftentimes we're taught to use it to spiral down into the depths of darkness by saying, what if it all goes wrong? What if you move to Hawaii, then you get sunburnt, then you get skin cancer, then you have to pay for it out of pocket and you don't have insurance. That is what if downing. That example I used earlier from my family member is exactly this process. What if it all goes wrong? And you can use your imagination that way. In fact, most people do all the time, but that's not gonna help you reach your goals. So instead, what if up? What if you move to Hawaii? What if you got swimsuits that are long sleeve that are UV protected? What if you get amazing sunscreen that nourishes your skin and protects you from the sun? What if your hair gets a lot lighter, like you like it, but your skin is still protected? What if this becomes a really healthy lifestyle because you're living in a tropical paradise and you get even healthier than when you went there and your skin is safe? That's what if upping. I just made that example up out of my head (laughs) just on the fly but it's a good example so you could do better there's better examples of this out there but have the discipline use the practice of what if upping and if it feels a little awkward at first that's okay just keep trying it because ultimately you will authentically nourish this part of you that is has this empowered positivity and has this possibility orientation instead So lots of good stuff. Hope this has been helpful for you, not just in your personal life. This is what I love so much about about being a spiritual business owner is everything that applies to your life, like being authentic, honoring yourself, not abandoning yourself, being true to who you are, aligning your core values, having new relationships, all of these wonderful things about being authentic in your life 
also impact your business, being authentic in your business. You, I've always said it, your business is a reflection of you. It's like holding up a mirror to yourself and you get to see all the places that are ready to be healed and transformed. So hopefully this has been helpful for both your personal life and your business. Thanks so much for listening and tune in next week for my special guest. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode for the training and insight that you need to create the business and life that you want. As always, I'd love your feedback. I love to hear from you. So please find me on all the socials at Sarah Bird Coaching or leave a comment over at the blog at sarahbirdcoaching.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-B-Y-R-D coaching.com. What breakthroughs, insights, and ahas did you have from this episode? And what action are you ready to take now? And if you're ready to build and scale your soul-centered business to the next level so that you can finally reach six figures without leaving spirituality at the door, join us in the Abundant Soul Aligned Business Program. This 12-week women's business building program teaches you the systems and strategies of building a business from the ground up, and we go deep into the inner work of stepping into leadership in your business and life. If you're ready for the clarity, confidence, and cash flow to go from start to success, you can learn more and enroll at sarahbirdcoaching.com slash ASA-biz. That's sarahbirdcoaching.com slash A-S-A-B-I-Z. Sending you so much love and we will see you next show.